that is where you want to be. Create the reality that the world can be seen in you. Be that special version of you who has always been meant to be. Follow your dreams and your passion will follow. It was a struggle just to keep it all together for the last two hours of work. I had accidentally gotten myself extremely drunk during my shift at Five Below, where I was working as a floor manager. I had been going through a rough patch and my job felt particularly soul-sucking that day, and it was all too much to bear, so I decided to pick up a small bottle of cheap booze at the liquor store on my lunch break. I was just trying to take the edge off to get through the day, you know. I would take a swig every so often in the back office until I realized that this liquor, something called Everclear, had really done a number on me. I'm not good at drinking. I don't do it very often. So I didn't realize that grain alcohol is not a subtle mood enhancer. What was an effort to relieve anxiety actually made me more paranoid. I thought everyone was staring at me. I thought I was had. I thought I was going to get fired for sure. Could I even get arrested for public drunkenness? I performed the best I could, and then finally, it was closing time. I made it through work, but I didn't make it out of the parking lot. Eager to get the hell out of there, I went a little heavy on the accelerator, a little wild on the wheel, and I took out a display of rubber toys before smashing into the front of the building, crashing straight into Five Below. There were mini basketballs all over the parking lot. It was quite a scene. The cop showed up at Five Below and I was 0.5 above the legal limit. They booked me, towed my car. I avoided jail time, but my license was suspended and I was fired from my job that I hated but needed. Big deep breath blow really hard. And if that wasn't bad enough, I got over 300,000 views on a YouTube channel called Badge Cam Bloopers. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, 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 keep going. I stop. This was another spectacular entry to the series of failures that Fate and I have co-authored since I got married. First, I lost my job as chief editor at the Niagara Gazette, the newspaper my grandfather started in 1957. The board voted me out because of what they called general incompetence. Then, a year into our marriage, I was responsible for the loss of my brother-in-law's hand at a 4th of July barbecue. Charles, my brother-in-law, who prefers to be called Chachi, was setting off fireworks a few feet away from me where I was chopping wood for a bonfire. The axe slipped out of my hands, flew across the yard, and severed his hand at the wrist. Chachi, Charles went on a downward spiral after this. Drugs, alcohol, depression, which caused a complete rift between me and my in-laws. And there's more. Just a few days prior to my working while intoxicated incident, we got the news about my testicles. My testicles. I was acting silly, trying to make my friends laugh at a bowling alley, when I accidentally crushed my balls during an experimental roll between my legs. The next day I was told it would be nearly impossible for my wife Crystal and I to have children because my testicles were essentially mush. Hi, this is your doctor calling. I'm sorry to inform you, but the damage done by your experimental role has created a permanent blockage. 
For Crystal, my stunt at Five Below was the breaking point. Certain changes would need to be made, she said. She didn't specify what those changes were, but she did say that we needed to take a break for a while. My marriage was on thin ice. I promised her that I would get myself back on the right track, find work, lose weight, gain confidence, and start believing in myself and all I could be in the change in the world and setting my mind to it to be me. You can be perfect just the way you want to be. And to demonstrate my commitment to this plan, I booked myself a little woodsy retreat an hour across the border in southern Ontario. A cabin where I could be alone, a place to think about life, commune with nature, meditate, do some journaling, and see if any of that stuff would work. There are no accidents, only goals. Because of my suspended license, I had to get a car service to pick me up and drive me to the cabin. The drive was quiet as the driver and I ran out of things to say about 15 minutes in. The rest of the way was just peacefully calm, especially once we hit the Ontario countryside. I put my head back and tried to think hard about how to become that better person. I looked deep within myself, but found only infinite emptiness. Life is a feeling, but action lasts a lifetime. Eyes closed as we made our way through winding roads at dusk. We were getting close to my destination. Joining the thrum of the tires on the road was a sound that could have either been a fire just getting going or the start of a light rain. It turned out to be neither fire nor rain, but sleet. The driver broke the silence. Heck no, sleet? Wasn't even supposed to rain and it's snowing? Heck no, sleet. He was shocked at the external temperature reading on his dashboard. 23 degrees Fahrenheit, which is in Celsius, five below. I just can't escape it. The sleet turned into a light snow by the time he dropped me off at the end of a long driveway. I paid the driver and he took off quick, hoping to avoid getting stuck on some spooky country back road if the snow got any worse. The canopy of trees and the lack of city lights made the early evening feel much later. I rushed up the driveway and punched in an access code on the doorknob. I opened the cabin door and ran my hand along the wall, feeling for a light switch. I heard a scampering inside in the dark. I assumed I had disturbed some animal that had made the empty cabin a hangout spot. Then, the lights went on, without my help. There, waiting for me in the cabin, was my wife and all of my in-laws. Her mother, her father, her brother-in-law Charles, who prefers Chachi, his wife, and even Crystal's grandparents, aunts and uncles, and they all started singing Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. It was a surprise party for me. Let's pause for a moment. Freeze it right here where my family through marriage is still mouth agape on the long A and happy. Because right away I had a lot of questions. First, I have no idea how they could have known where I was going. I never told anyone. Second, how did they get in since I was texted a code for the lock on the door? And strangest of all, it wasn't even my birthday. On the large oak table was a pile of celebratory features. There was punch and party favors. There were presents and piles of colorful food. My wife approached, 
holding a birthday cake out towards me with a single candle. Go ahead, blow it out. It's all so strange and shocking that I felt lightheaded. I nearly fainted. In a woozy moment, I thought I saw a breathalyzer on the cake instead of a candle. They deep breath breath. I shook my head to snap out of it. What's going on here? Oh, love, you should have seen your face. I bet you weren't expecting this. I can't say I was expecting this at all, for a lot of reasons. But, uh, her brother cut me off with a pat on the shoulder. He looked clean-cut, trim and healthy. I hadn't spoken to him since the axe accident, but he looked better than ever. Hey, no hard feelings, brother, okay? As he extended a hand to shake. Sure, Charles. I mean, Chachi. Oh, just Charles, please, he said. I don't go by that silly nickname anymore. I did a double take at the hand I was shaking. It was the hand that I had lopped off. He somehow had both of his hands again. Charles, your hand. Oh, yeah, it's brand new, he flexed it. The things they can do these days. I I was reduced to a stammering dolt. I didn't know where to begin. Crystal's dad came up to me and he was curt as ever. You made it. I took a deep breath and finally managed to speak. Hi, everyone. It's wonderful to see you, but I'm sure you know that it isn't my birthday, right? My birthday was three months ago, so you're either really late or really, really early. Crystal took my hand. Of course we know it's not your birthday, honey. But any day can be the first day of a new life, right? Oh, I see. I know what's going on here. This has to be one of the strangest themes for an intervention I've ever heard of. A birthday party? My wife tried to convince me that it was not an intervention. I took her aside to explain that I came out here to be alone, to reflect. When I asked her how she knew where I was and how they got in and where they concealed all their cars. She was evasive and vague, and her eyes kept darting back out the window as if she were more interested in the weather than this surprise party. I was starting to get agitated. I wanted answers. Is anyone gonna tell me what this is all about? Nobody responded. They all just started talking amongst themselves. I held up a gift wrapped in superhero wrapping paper I looked closer at the gifts and noticed they all seemed to have some kind of childish theme. Race cars and Star Wars. Do they think I'm 12? I gave one gift a little shake, and the sound of bells inside of it got the attention of my wife, who firmly grabbed my wrist. It's not yet time to open the gifts. My brother-in-law got between us, shoving an envelope at me. Here, if you're itching to open something, you can open my card now. Go ahead. I was stuck staring at the hand that pressed the card to my chest. The hand, it looks so real. Can't stop looking at it, can ya? You know, it's really thanks to my wife. She's the one who encouraged me to replace the hand, and it's really changed my life for the better. I deserve to be the best me I can be in me. The only thing that is possible is the impossible. He walked away towards the chips, and I returned to his birthday card. It was a standard-sized greeting card with nothing on the front and only a barcode on the back. Inside was a handwritten note. Just go along with it, the card read. I looked up at Charles, who was dipping tortillas and cheese, and I pursed my lips about to ask him what the card meant, but I stopped myself. Looking back down at the card, 
I whispered to myself, just go along with it. I jumped when my mother-in-law put her old claw on my shoulder, saying, it's for the best, my love. I looked around. Everyone was quietly staring at me, waiting to see what I would do. And what I did was submit to the whole thing. Okay, I guess I can't fight it. Let's see where this goes. I sat down, folded my hands, and anticipated being the center of attention in a grueling, embarrassing, birthday-themed intervention of sorts where everyone would tell me how much they love me and how I have to stop being such an idiot. And then someone put on a record. I was partially relieved, but also a bit insulted when the party just continued on without anyone paying much attention to me at all. It felt like neither an intervention or a birthday. I was just sitting there like a fly on the wall. I looked over at the lonely, uneaten birthday cake. I never did blow the candle out. At some point, it just extinguished itself into its own waxy puddle at the center of the baby blue frosting. The party went on for hours. Every once in a while, I would grab a drink, some snacks, and an in-law here and there would occasionally nod or ask me how I'd been doing. Outside, the snow continued. It was the kind of snow that, just when you thought to yourself, boy, it's snowing hard, it would snow even harder. Eventually, it was a full-on blizzard. Weird. I hadn't seen any mention of a blizzard in the forecasts. I guess you were listening to the wrong sources, buddy, said Charles. My wife instructed everyone to look out the back windows, where everyone soon gathered to watch the snow. I was the only one who hung back. In silence, I watched them watch in silence. Everyone was glued to the snow, except her grandfather, who was taking the opportunity to dig into the cake with his little old fingers. Thunder rumbled like a bowling ball down a lane. It was thunder snow. A bright streak of lightning touched down right in the backyard. Everyone cheered like their sports team just won the big game. My wife turned to me and squeezed my shoulders. She had tears in her eyes. Before I could respond, she already turned to everyone else. Coats on, everyone. It's time to join the snow. Don't you think it's a little, uh, blizzardy for that? I guess nobody agreed with me because everyone made their way out to the back-covered deck. There they all stood, looking out over the snow-covered expanse behind the cabin. The reflection of the moon on the snow reverted the dark night back into an ominous gloaming. I did not join them on the porch. I stood alone, sulking in the kitchen, looking through the window. And that's when I saw something moving under the blanket of snow. An animal, perhaps, wiggling in trouble, Everyone else seemed to be looking at it, too. I slowly made my way onto the back deck to see what it was, reaching upward for help. And then two small, chubby arms, baby arms, popped up from the snow, reaching upward for help. There's a baby out there. Oh, my God, there's a baby out there underneath the snow. I looked out again and saw the child emerge from the several inches of snow and struggle to crawl through it. 
something seemed very strange about it. I ran back into the mudroom and grabbed a flashlight. I shined a light on it. In just the couple of minutes since I first saw it, it looked like it had already grown 12 inches or more. But its growth wasn't proportional. It had a huge head, huge kneecaps, and a, and a gigantic scrotum. His face looked part baby, part grown man. With difficulty, the tiny deformed man-baby pushed his little big feet through the snow. It stumbled towards the back porch and reached its arms out to Crystal. My wife! It cried in some terrible grunt. This prompted everyone to run out into the snow. Crystal hugged the thing while others pranced joyfully in the yard. Some clenched the snow in their hands, pressing it to their faces, looking up to the sky as it stuck to their eyelashes. It was a scene of ecstatic snow worship. They all surrounded the child thing. Oh, just look at that silver lamb, cried Crystal's mother. The snow has given us an angel, a snow angel, her aunt said, crying. Yep, said her dad. And then the baby separated from the circle. Even taller, more evenly formed. Still a child's body, but the face was almost entirely adult. I aimed the flashlight right on that face. That familiar, doughy face. It was my face. I gave out a little shriek before covering my mouth. Everyone looked back at me simultaneously and began approaching me slowly, including that thing with its wobbly gait. Crystal, why did you come here? Me, I told you I was hoping to come here and become that better person. Crystal, and that's exactly what's happening. My lip began to tremble. I smacked the sides of my head with my palms, but try as I might to beat the nightmare from my mind. The weirdness of my evening was incomprehensible, yet extremely real. What does any of this mean? My in-laws, centered by the monstrosity, encroached until they were surrounding me. At the head of the clan, my wife and my grotesque double. It was moaning from its accelerated growing pains. It was a teenage version of me, but weirder, discharging slime from its pores. If that thing is the improved version of me, I said, then what happens to the old version of me? You know, me. Crystal responded with a pained shaking of her head. Her mother-in-law voiced what my wife's face implied. You won't be necessary. Oh, love, it's not that you're a bad guy. You did your best. But imagine it. All your neuroses, all your failings, all your, you know, idiocy, all gone. And all you have to do is let your replacement take over from here. By morning, he will have grown just as tall as you, but a little slimmer. Hello. He'll look and sound just like you and have all your good qualities without any of the bad ones. Hello. When I turned around, Charles Hello. was standing close behind me, Hello. a strange, dead look in his eyes. Hello. Hello. He brought out an axe from behind Hello. his back, Hello. lifted it over his head, and I could do nothing but look Hello. up at it. My last Hello. stupid moment. Too inept Hello. to run away, 
Hello. I followed the blade as Hello. it came down. Hello. My eyes crossed as it closed in on the Hello. center of my face. Hello. Oh, the indignity of dying with your eyes crossed. Hello. I just wanted to be that special, Hello. better me. Hello. That me I've always wanted to be. self others want to see in you. Love the self who loves you and the self will love you anyway. Time is temporary, but the time you give yourself will go on for will go on forever. Will go on forever.